Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Story time. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. As an ex-Navy SEAL operative, I have one interesting story for your channel. So, we had been sent deep into enemy territory a remote village in Kosovo, on a daring rescue mission. Our objective was to recover a missing team of American translators who had been captured by Serbian paramilitary forces. As a Navy SEAL team, we were accustomed to dangerous missions, but this one had an air of unpredictability, a sense that something darker lurked in the shadows of that war-torn village. The approach to the village was tense. We made contact with the Serbian paramilitary group that held the hostages, engaging in delicate negotiations. After hours of back and forth, we managed to secure the release of one of the missing men. The relief on his face was palpable as we led him to safety. Our team began the return journey, our rescue mission seemingly successful. 
but as we ventured deeper into the unforgiving terrain, a feeling of unease began to grip us. The sense of being watched hung in the air, and the forest seemed to close in around us. It was then that our calm, methodical exit was disrupted by an unforeseen and otherworldly terror. The creature that emerged from the shadows defied explanation and struck fear into the hearts of battle-hardened seals. It was unlike anything we had ever encountered. Towering at nearly eight feet tall, its body was a grotesque fusion of human and something far more sinister. Bulging, muscular arms terminated in clawed hands, each digit tipped with razor-sharp talons. Its skin was ashen and mottled, stretched tightly over its muscular frame. In place of eyes, it had hollow, glowing pits that radiated an unnatural crimson hue. The creature's elongated fangs protruded from its mouth, dripping with a dark, viscous substance. Its legs were powerful and agile, allowing it to move with unsettling grace. As it approached us, a guttural, otherworldly growl emanated from its chest, sending shivers down our spines. A fierce battle ensued, with our SEAL team fighting for our lives against this supernatural adversary. The creature moved with incredible speed and strength, making it a formidable opponent. We fired round after round, and the creature let out spine-chilling screeches as bullets found their mark. Despite our relentless assault, the creature's unnatural vitality and regenerative abilities allowed it to escape, disappearing into the darkness from whence it came. We returned to our base, our hearts still pounding with the intensity of the encounter. We reported the inexplicable events to our general, hoping for answers. But he was skeptical, dismissing our accounts as the result of combat fatigue or stress. We couldn't blame him, what we had witnessed defied all reason and logic. As we sat in the briefing room, the memory of that night in the Kosovo village haunted us. We knew what we had seen, and we were left with more questions than answers. Didn't see anything but heard. I lived in rural Massachusetts. To anyone who's familiar, that means miles of woodland with spaced out suburban areas in between. I was walking down my grandfather's logging trail, getting ready for his funeral. I'm also an avid mushroom collector, so I'm always walking slowly and staring at the ground. Friends hate me, basically. So I get to this cool little white captain mushroom and stop to take a close-up picture of it, and that's when I heard it. The best way I can describe it is as if somebody with a lot of flesh on his knuckles were punching a tree. Now I know what a deer sounds like when they stomp to protect their children and are smashing their antlers on trees. I've heard bear, fisher cat, moose, pretty much any animal in western Massachusetts that exists, so naturally I looked up and freaked the hell out. It was so rhythmic, thud thud thud, and it went on for minutes at the same pace. So being the curious person that I am, I let out a whistle that couldn't be mistaken for a bird. Right after my whistle, I hear a low, quick whistle back. My first thought is, oh, it must be some logger, scooping the land past the no trespassing gate. Ignorant, I know. So I yell out, hello, pretty much as loudly as I could. Then whatever it was ran away faster than I've ever heard a human being run. Using my experience with deer, dogs, moose, and bear, 
I just assess that it could have possibly rationalized it being a four-legged creature. I know what they sound like running, and this was much closer to a two-legged creature. I'm 100% positive on that. What doesn't make sense, however, is that the two-legged creature that ran away from me faster than any two-legged creature I have ever heard before also sounded like it was at a minimum 250 pounds. The steps were loud and very frantic. A lot of people believe Bigfoot has a spiritual connection to the forest it remains in, and thus the creatures in it as well. I do not find it a coincidence that this happened the day of my grandfather's funeral. I ran all the way home and I have never looked back. Okay, so I have this story that happened to me and my friends. To set the scene, we were on a Boy Scout camping shooting trip. There were 20 to 30 of us. We were in a little cabin thing with windows on the front and back and a front and back door. There were wooden tables all around the area. The adult cabin was about an eighth of a mile down a gravel road. In the dark, there was obviously a buddy system because it's Boy Scouts. So it's around midnight, and everyone had been telling scary stories, just like a normal camping trip. Well, I had to go to the bathroom and ask my friend to come along. He said sure, and he got our knives. We knew that there were bears in the woods, and it made us feel safer. We went to the bathroom and began our walk back. This is where it got scary. I felt an instinctual fear. I looked to my friend, and he had the same look as me. We began to walk just a little bit faster and unfold our pocket knives. I then turned around and saw it. It looked similar to a cat, but it was roughly six feet tall and was on its hind legs, kind of hunched over. I freaked the hell out and started running. My friend saw it too. When we sprinted back to the cabin, it began making a moaning howling noise and followed us very closely. We pounded on the door, and the guys let us in. We told them what we saw, and they actually believed us. So we locked the front door and looked at the back door. It had no lock. We pushed a table up against it and had a kid there with his knife for safety. We drew the blinds on all the windows that had them. One of them didn't, and we sat there with all the lights on. Then we saw the eyes outside of the windows without blinds. We were all ourselves, and the thing slowly walked to the back door. We heard it bumping up against it, maybe trying to open it. We thought it then left, but we still thought we were going to die. No one slept that night, and when the adults came to wake us up, we told them. They just laughed and said we were making it up. We know it happened, even if they didn't believe us. Not me. Laugh at me. I really don't care. I don't know what I saw, but it looked like a cross between a guy and a wolf. If you don't believe me, I was on my way home from work. I was maybe 10 minutes away from the house, coming up a big hill. I suddenly got the strangest feeling, so I slowed down, thinking a deer was gonna come out of the woods or something. I just felt like I was being watched or followed. There were no cars in front of me or behind me. I got to the top of the hill and slammed on my brakes because as soon as I got to the top of the hill, this huge black, hairy thing came bounding across the road. It was so big that when it ran, its back arched up kind of like a cheetah, but only a lot more than that. 
I knew that if it would have stood up, it would have been well over six feet tall, maybe even taller. I also knew another car SOT, because when I hit the brakes, another car turned onto that road and slammed onto their brakes. We both just sat there for a few minutes, which was not really safe considering it, I know, but we were in shock. I truly have no idea what it was that I saw. It was not a dog or a horse. Dogs do not get that big or arch their backs like this thing did when it was running. The arms and legs, whatever it had, were so long it was having to throw them out to the side, think kind of like a crab walk, just a run, and the appendages it had were just as big as it was. It ran from one side of the woods to the other non-stop, like it was either going after something or running away from something. I honestly have no idea what the holy freaking hell it was that I saw, and I don't care if you laugh at me. I know what I saw. A few years ago a parent at the school in which I, Charlie, teach informed me about her co-worker who had a possible Bigfoot sighting. Being a Bigfoot skeptic she was reluctant to tell me. However in this case she felt compelled to tell me about her co-worker's encounter because she explained to me that he is a highly intelligent, no-nonsense, straightforward man who would never make up such a story. After a year of missed communication trying to obtain his name and number, I gave up. Fortunately, last week when I spoke to this parent over the phone regarding her son's grades, she mentioned to me that she found his phone number. I immediately called him that evening to set up an interview. We met Dave at his home on October 9, 2013 at 4.30 p.m. Dave has worked as a registered nurse for 7 years and a chiropractor for 23 years which will prove very significant in this unique Bigfoot sighting. Dave saw the creature twice within a two-week period. During the first encounter, he was driving home at 11.30 p.m. As Dave approached his house, only a few houses down on his street, he observed a large animal on all fours run across the road directly in front of his car. It had dark brown, rusty-colored matted hair, a short snout, small pointed ears on the side of its head and it was much larger than a large dog. The height of its back was as high as a standard kitchen table, the front shoulders were considerably wider than the hips, and it galloped when it ran, bringing the front two legs or arms up together at the same time, then the rear two legs. It crossed the road very quickly. Needless to say, he thought this creature was very odd, especially when he saw it again a few weeks later, walking on two legs. Dave's second encounter occurred at 6.30 a.m., just after sunrise. He was inside his home when he looked out his window and noticed a hairy, bipedal figure, estimated at six foot three, with a very unusual gait, walking down his street. He had a clear, close view of the creature as it walked parallel to his home, only about 30 feet from his windows, although the sunrise was on the direct opposite side of the creature. After watching it from his windows, Dave ran outside to continue viewing this peculiar creature. When he doesn't immediately see it, he walked to the street and eventually saw it about 100 feet from his location, walking away from him on all fours. It turned and looked back at Dave and that's when he realized this was the same creature he witnessed a few weeks earlier that darted in front of his car. It did not have a bulky, muscular build, but instead more of a normal, 
uniform build for its height. Based on Dave's years of experience in the medical field, he estimated its weight at about 200 pounds. The arms were slightly longer than a human's and the head was proportionate to its body. The hair was short, maybe only an inch, matted and uniform in length or color throughout. Interesting. Notes. When it was walking upright, it leaned forward, it did not walk heel to toe, more on the ball of its feet, the lower legs had a slight backward curve to them, it had a slight bounce to its step, it had a 3 to 4 inch snout and small pointed ears on the side of its head. I had never heard of dogmen but I saw one in town run past the floodgates, down by the river, on my way to the recently opened park that was closed due to floodwaters. It didn't look like a scary werewolf but more like a weird dog, running on three legs. Its tail was curled up. I went on a quest to find out what this was because I have never hallucinated and I knew what I had seen. The ones most people are reporting are not exactly like what I saw. However, had it stopped to look at me, I'm sure I would have found him quite a bit more frightening. I am hoping you can shed some light on an incident I had a few years ago. I was 25 at the time and was driving to my friend C.W.'s house. It was quiet at 11.30 p.m. as I drove south on an old country road off of, Redacted, Highway Near, Redacted, in North Georgia. Very few people pass this way because it leads to nothing but a small group of houses. I turned on the radio but nothing came on. I figured it was a blown fuse but then I started to hear weird scratching sounds coming through the speakers. It sounded like a distant voice but I couldn't understand what it was saying. Suddenly, something flew in front of the car and hit the windshield with enough size and force that it totally mangled the grill and hood. I immediately stopped the car. I heard what sounded like wings flapping on the roof, but then something rolled down the back window onto the trunk then eventually onto the road. I thought I killed whatever it was. A woman in a truck had pulled up from behind and said she saw the thing hit the road. She said that its eyes were glaring bright red. As we looked more closely at this thing it resembled a man with large bat-like wings. The woman walked back to her truck pulled a shotgun from the back and pointed it at this bat-like creature. It was starting to move and we backed off. It slowly stood up on two large raptor-like claws, turned and stared directly at us with those terrible bright red eyes. The woman pumped the shotgun. It slowly levitated off the ground with wings spread until it was about 10 feet up then instantly, it let out a deafening screech as it just disappeared with a loud swoosh. The woman, who I found out later was C.W.'s aunt, and I just looked at each other. This thing had the body of a well-built man. It had no feathers but charcoal gray skin like that of a bat with some hair on the shoulders and around the eyes and legs. When it spread its wings, it had a span of 12 feet or more. I estimate it was about 8 feet tall. It had no head, however, just the eyes embedded on the shoulders that had brows. I didn't notice a mouth or nose. There is no way I was going to report this and CW's aunt totally agreed. We both drove off to CW's house. I was so shaken up that I stayed the night. The next morning, I went outside to inspect the car. 
There was a huge crack in the windshield and the grill was mangled beyond repair. The hood also had a deep 25-inch dent. I started to walk back to the house when I noticed something lying in the grass beside the garage. It was CW's golden retriever lying dead from massive lacerations up and down its back. I just knew that thing did it. That was three years ago and I constantly dream of this creature. I was told by a friend that I had encountered a Mothman. It looked more like a Batman, to be honest. I decided to look up a few of the sightings by others and saw your name and blog. Many of the images on Google were very similar to what I saw. I wrote to someone else about a year ago but they never got back to me. My cousin went on a camping trip with his wife on a rather quiet day for camping. According to my cousin, the ranger informed them that they were the only ones camping at that site for the night. As evening approached, my cousin noticed something across the lake. At first, he thought it might be a bear standing upright, so he grabbed his binoculars. However, it resembled a bear only partially, it was standing on its hind legs. He was certain it wasn't a bear because it had a face resembling that of a 70-year-old man, and its fur was longer than that of a typical bear. He considered the possibility that it could be someone in a suit, but it disappeared swiftly. Whatever it was, it spooked him profoundly, and he wanted to leave the park immediately. His wife, on the other hand, dismissed his concerns as mere imagination and insisted on bringing a shotgun, just in case. That night progressed uneventfully until my cousin was awakened by footsteps. His wife was still asleep, so he didn't want to disturb her. He tried to remain as still and quiet as possible. A figure approached their tent. My cousin positioned himself with his head near the tent's corner. The figure leaned down and gently pressed its hand around the corner of the tent, essentially placing its hands near my cousin's head. He couldn't recall how long this encounter lasted, but eventually, the figure departed. My cousin mentioned that it had a peculiar mechanical scent, reminiscent of someone working on a car, although there were no audible signs of a vehicle. The next morning, everything at the campsite remained untouched, there were no issues whatsoever. My cousin didn't find any footprints or evidence suggesting that someone had been there. He later researched the area and discovered that their camping site was supposedly a hotspot for Bigfoot sightings and similar phenomena. He firmly believes that he encountered some form of Sasquatch. I, personally, have reservations about fully believing his account. I've often thought it might have been someone playing a prank on him. I have several other stories, but I didn't want to make this post overly lengthy or overwhelming. At the time, I lived in Northwest Michigan. My hybrid son was taken in mid-April of 2012. They used the word claimed. I carried him for about two months. I knew he was a boy and I named him Drax. Named after Max, his human father, and the draconian reptoids I'm involved with. During my pregnancy, my ex was shut down and I was taken for several hours. When I was coming to I saw a figure standing at the side of the bed making circles above my stomach. I knew I had just been returned and I knew they were making one last check on the baby. He was brought to me on October 10, 2012, for feeding and bonding. 
He would leave claw marks on me while feeding. He didn't mean to hurt me. There was absolutely no feeling to the red and infected looking claw marks and they were basically gone in 4 hours. There is so much more to this than I could possibly try to write. They have been manipulating my pineal gland. They can use me as a computer, loading and downloading information. I feel as if I am ahead of time. I have received many messages from them and continue to. I have many very credible witnesses. They include an attorney, a fireman or farmer, and a prison guard. I have been regressed five times and some are recorded. The psychologist who regressed me would be willing to speak. I need help. I have reached out to many people. The only time I feel okay is when I am sharing what is happening to me. Some of the things that are happening are difficult to share because they make others very uncomfortable. So I am left holding all this inside. I have been doing illustrations, writing down everything, and keeping track of dates the best I can. This all started in 1961 when I was 12. It was a sighting, daylight, with several witnesses including two police officers. I am still in contact with the chief of police from back then. Unfortunately, he is 93 and in bad health along with good and bad memory days. He was at the station and said he fielded calls for over 20 minutes. One of the calls was from a fellow officer at the scene and another was a city councilwoman. I was discouraged from talking about this in hopes that I would forget. It was the worst thing my parents could have done. I never talked about it for 50 years. It was only when I met a ufologist and college professor on September 1, 2011, that I opened up. I told him of the sighting. That's all I thought it was for 50 years. But, I lived with PTSD and panic attacks. I haven't had a pap smear in 20 years and still am unable to watch someone get a shot or IV. He was a smart man and knew there was more to it than that so he found the regression therapist. At the end of my first regression, I felt myself immobilized and going up into the ship. One of the very first messages they gave me in 2011 was, all memories are packed and taken with us in each new life. When the load becomes too heavy or we no longer have the energy to carry it we travel as light, knowledge, and energy. This is not my personal story. It happened to my husband's friend, though I got a good chill up my spine the first time that I heard it. I haven't met the couple, but my husband is Mr. Pragmatic, and he wouldn't tell this story if it wasn't true. When my husband's friend and his wife decided that they wanted a family, they moved to a house in the middle of nowhere. We're talking the total boondocks. The closest neighbors were over a mile down the road, forests surrounded them, and to these folks, this was a dream come true. They moved in, nested, and soon, their first child was born. There was one nerve-wracking part of their lives, though. The husband occasionally worked a night shift, I want to say that he was a cop, but I may be getting that part wrong. While the wife enjoyed living in the country, the nights alone were a little intimidating. Her anxiety was enhanced by the birth of their kid, she didn't feel that she could adequately defend the baby by herself. The husband tried to ease her mind, and bought a gun to keep in a safe in the bedroom. She learned how to use it, which brought her some sense of comfort. One night, when her husband was working, 
the wife heard a loud rattling sound. Afraid, she grabbed the gun from the safe. She quietly made her way through a hallway, and was able to see her son sleeping safely in his bed as the rattling continued at what she then discerned as the back door. As she neared the back door, she saw a man wrestling with the lock on the door under the glow of an outside security light. Here's where the story became especially creepy, at least in my opinion. Though she was cloaked in relative darkness, there must have been enough light shining through the glass door for the man to notice her. He suddenly stopped what he was doing and held eye contact with her. They stood there staring at each other. Then, without breaking eye contact, the man's face transformed into a snarl and he started trying to break the glass on the door. The wife raised the gun and shot. Glass flew everywhere. The man fell and went into death grips. She was there, alone with his body, until the sheriff's department arrived. When the husband got to the house, the crime scene was still intact. He said that he had never wanted to kick something so much as that intruder's corpse. I traveled about an hour from my home in Lynchburg, Virginia to do some exploring in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I'm not big on hiking or whatever but I had recently gone through a breakup with my boyfriend. I just needed some fresh air and some time alone. I parked and just started wandering. I didn't follow a specific path. I was mesmerized by the gigantic trees, the fauna, and the wildlife. I was really enjoying myself. I'd been hiking for about two hours when I saw this large hole on a nearby mountainside. It wasn't too far seemed like it was a manageable climb. So I climbed up and when I got to the grotto I stuck my head in and it was dark. I turned on my phone's flashlight and that's when I realized this was a deep cave. I got a little carried away thinking about how I had discovered a cave wondering if anybody else had ever been up here. It was sort of exciting. I ducked down and I walked in. I went in a few feet I was very careful but I could see a smooth rock floor beneath me. I felt safe. So I continued walking forward following the light from my flashlight. I was maybe 15 or 20 feet in when I realized I was in a cavern. There were a few openings in the walls surrounding the cavern. I picked the closest one to me and I looked in. It was another tunnel. It was big enough to walk through. So I stepped through the opening and I carefully walked a few more feet. That's when I heard scampering. I stopped walking thinking maybe I'd kick something. I looked all around but saw nothing. I then heard the scampering again and when I raised my phone up to look ahead of me I saw a person. Only like not a regular person, but a humanoid. It was fully nude and it looked very malnourished. It was crouched down on its hands and feet about four feet in front of me. It was so pale, like maybe it had never ever even seen the sun. Its face was sunken in and I could clearly see the cheekbones. It had totally black eyes, not just the pupils but all black. Between its hands was a half-eaten rabbit. I heard the chattering sound and I realized that this humanoid was making the noise. I don't know how I knew but it was calling out to others. I moved back toward the entrance but I kept my flashlight on it. It seemed fearful of the light and didn't try to move towards me. I was able to get back through the entrance and I took a look around. I didn't see anything else. I then ran for my life back the way I came and I could hear the chattering and it was getting closer and louder. 
There had to be more than just one. I felt like I was being hunted. I was able to see the light from the original opening. I tripped I quickly got up and rushed out of that hole. I ran and slid down the mountain. I only stopped when I was sure nothing had followed me. Then I realized I had no phone. I must have lost it when I tripped. I had no idea where I was but I was just happy to be alive. I did eventually find a trail and I managed to make it back to my car. I found the local police station, but it was pointless because they wouldn't take me seriously. So I just drove home. I cried so much on that drive and when I got home I checked my phone's location with the satellite feature. All I could see was a heavily wooded area. The last time I checked the location of my phone it had moved several miles away from its original location. I'm sure the battery has long since run out. I have done a bit of research online and found references to crawler humanoids. But I'm just wondering if this was a feral human of some kind? Regardless, I'm not going back to that area. A buddy and I went hunting when we were young, 12 to 13. We had BB guns and pocket knives and thought we were cool. As we chilled quietly trying not to scare anything away, probably 40 yards behind my friend in the direction that led to the thick of the woods I saw a very tall, completely covered in fur and upright figure running freakishly fast away from us into the woods. I screamed and ran as fast as I could home which was about a mile at the time. I still don't know what it was and thinking about it gives me chills. My experiences took place in the early 80s in Toronto, Canada, and just like the fellow writing of his experiences on your site, mine also took place in a very old house. The house then was at least 75 years old and has since been raised to the ground and a brand new structure was built in its place. When my family moved in there we experienced the same sort of events, arguments, abusive situations, and strange phenomena but not to the point where we all noticed it right away. In fact, my younger brother was a skeptic up to the point where things began happening to him as well. I think he took this attitude to allay the fears he must have had. Our father moved out of the house after the first year and away to another part of the country so just the three of us were left. At one point we had family come and live with us before they too departed. My experiences began with an event I will never forget when I was 16. It was summer and I had difficulty sleeping. This went on for one month approximately. Then one night I had fallen into a light sleep when I was violently awakened. I recall hearing a sound that I thought was an explosion and thinking that our stove must have exploded in the kitchen below me. I opened my eyes and looked around the room in the darkness but saw nothing to indicate anything was happening. Suddenly my bed began to shake violently up and down and it felt as though I was being electrocuted through my solar plexus. I couldn't move but I could see my feet moving as the bed was jumping up and down. Some objects rose up off my dresser and shot towards the Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bet I thought they would hit me as they approached with such speed. In fact, they stopped suddenly and began to swirl around in a counterclockwise direction above me, and from the center of this swirl a bright white light appeared and some voices which were like high-pitched shrieks or nails on a blackboard said quite clearly. The message we bring is to tell the people he is still alive. And then everything stopped suddenly. I was terrified and basically thought I would end up in a nut house. I remember shaking from fear so much I could barely get out of bed. I made my way to my mom's room to tell her about it at which point she assured me I was having nightmares. Say your prayers and go back to sleep she said. I returned to my room after an hour or more but I couldn't sleep. It was a long time before I could sleep there in fact. The next event happened the following January. I was coming home very late one night and decided to take the shortcut through the alleyway by our street. I passed a parked van with windows all around and I saw a movement in the van which made me feel somehow by its shape, size, and response that it was a Doberman someone had left outside in their van. I kept walking but the thought pestered me that someone should leave their dog out in midwinter in the night. So I went back to the van cautiously peering in but there was nothing at all. Not even a cushion or anything hanging from the ceiling. Okay, I thought I guess I imagined it. I happily kept walking home and when I was in the alley I suddenly heard footsteps behind me in the snow. I got a little freaked out and when I turned my head I didn't see anyone there. As I got to the end of the alleyway and turned onto my street I looked back to the entrance to see if anyone was following me. What I saw shocked and terrified me. There was a street light right at the corner and in the pool of its light was standing this enormous creature. It was at least 8 feet tall and huge. What struck me was that its form was completely black, there were no reflective surfaces on it whatsoever. In fact, the light was shining directly on it and it seemed to absorb that light. It had large things on its head which I took to be horns or ears and its fingers ended in points like claws and the feet as well. Its eyes were red completely and staring right at me. I don't think my feet touched the ground I ran so fast. After that experience, I had a few others with the same creature. Another night I came home late again and I fell onto my bed after shutting the door just wanting to fall asleep. My cat was in the bed with me when we both heard a voice laughing in the room. A masculine voice. My cat freaked out and ran to the door scratching and meowing loudly to get out, I opened the door and she took off. I just didn't want to believe anything was in there with me so I pointedly turned my back to the rest of the room and went to sleep. Another night I turned over and opened my eyes early in the morning and there was the same creature, smaller though, standing in front of my closet staring at me. I recall I got really mad and told it to f off and turned around and went back to sleep. Meanwhile, 
My brother had seen the exact same creature but he had yellow eyes. He confided the story to me years later when we had left the house and had no knowledge of my experiences. He told me he had awakened early one morning and found that he had left the light on in his room, thinking that he should get up and turn it off he turned onto his back and opened his eyes and there sitting on his bed's headboard was the same creature. Talons on feet and hands, completely black with no reflective surfaces, but his was he said about four feet tall and squatting on the headboard staring at him with yellow eyes. He said he was terrified and decided not to turn off the light after all. I don't remember if he said it vanished quickly or if he shut his eyes and when he opened them it was gone. He said he never saw it again but had other strange experiences in that house. One day we decided that we should trade rooms. So I moved all my stuff out to his room and vice versa. I teased him and said he'd have to share my room with a visitor but he was disbelieving. After I had moved to his room I had my last experience in that house that was in the shadow people realm. I woke up one night to a sound in my room like rustling. I was wide awake because I thought it might be a mouse. I switched on my lamp and looked toward the other end of the room but seeing and hearing nothing I lay down again with the light still on. I turned to look at the clock and saw that it was 2.20 am then I saw these two large globes of light beyond my nightstand. I was frozen up on one elbow because I had been about to turn out my light again. They moved in a way that reminded me of balloons falling. The larger of the two was golden yellow in color and the smaller was blue. They looked like spheres lit from within and emanating a misty light from their forms. I somehow could sense that they were intelligent. They knew that I was looking at them and they wanted me to see. The larger golden one floated almost majestically to the door whereupon it flattened to a pancake shape in under half a second and slipped under the door. The second smaller one followed along and did the same. I was very nervous and scared at that point but only because I had to go to the bathroom and this meant I had to go out into the hallway where they had vanished too. Our hallway was very dark and without a proper light as the house was old and not renovated very well. I waited for as long as I could which was about 15 minutes and then I cautiously opened my door and went. The hallway was pitch black so my plan was to inch my way to the bathroom with my back to the wall so nothing could sneak up on me and once I got there I could turn on the bathroom light to illuminate the hallway. I followed my plan through and as it turned out when I turned on the bathroom light it shone down onto the stairs and the first landing. In the light were two shadow people. I've only ever thought of them that way because there was no other way to describe them. They looked like shadows, only they were in the light. They didn't look like the other creatures I had seen, in fact, they looked like people in the sense that they had a head and arms and legs and torso and hands. They threw up their hands as though in surprise, like I'd caught them unexpectedly and then they flew down the stairs without a sound. It took me a long time to come out of that bathroom as I didn't want to encounter any of these things again. Unlike your other poster, these creatures never touched me, at least to my knowledge, and never tried to hurt me. Although they did scare the dickens out of me. I recall telling these stories to people years later in other parts of the world hearing similar tales and wondering just what they could be. Somehow we don't seem that much closer to knowing. I would conjecture though that as is the case with plant and insect life here we certainly haven't got all the facts in yet. 
Perhaps these creatures share the world we live in but differently and we have learned to ignore them or pretend they don't exist. Maybe they are trying to tell us they do exist. Perhaps like us, there are those with good intentions and those with not so good intentions. It's my opinion that we are getting closer to the truth every day. A side note here, I read a book a year ago called Initiation by Elizabeth Hike in which she distinctly mentions the shadow people and the effects they caused on the lives of people she knew including her own son before World War II. If this is true then perhaps these are beings who've been with us for a very long time. Then again if they are time travelers all things are possible. Me and a friend were part of a caving club about 7 to 8 years ago, a group of people that likes to climb around deep caves and such. We were in a really deep cave in the Austrian Alps, can't remember the name of it, it was unpronounceable. So, we've been climbing ever deeper for hours on end and we're currently making our way across the ledge of a chasm, imagine a very deep hole, with two entrances at the very top, we were laying our ropes from entrance to entrance. The entire thing was maybe 20 to 25 meters across, so no easy thing to do. We were about hallway across, with my friend ahead of me, when suddenly there's the most creepy and subtly evil howl coming from below, from the complete darkness under us, accompanied by a blast of stale, warm air. Now, you may have been aftaid, maybe even horrified. But nothing. And I say nothing in my life since that day has ever compared to the dread and sheer horror I felt while hanging on a thin wire over a hole that's God knows how deep, while we have nothing but a small lantern as a light source. We just kinda hung there for a minute, not really sure what to do when my friend finally got his bearings and awakened me from that paralysis. We made our way across and were on our way to the deepest point, but I was still very very shaken from that. I've researched and found that it was most likely just air that's been trapped down there for a few thousand years and that got released when we were overhead, and the sound was the caves being caves and all, but I wasn't able to get it out of my head for months after that and I just kinda stopped caving after that. I actually have a story that happened in the late 70s. I was a teenager. What happened was, I was coming home in a car with my boyfriend and it was late at night, we were coming home from a party and we were on a country road that was very very deserted, all cattails and shrubs by a lake, on the backside of a lake. There were a couple of farms out there but nothing on the stretch of road we were on. And there were a lot of bends in the road so we couldn't go too fast. We came around a sharp bend in the road and standing right there was this huge creature, about 8 feet tall, hairy. I did not know what a Bigfoot was then. I did not know what to make of it. I thought it was part human and part ape and then I thought maybe it was somebody in a costume or something. I was so frightened. I remember my boyfriend saying lock the doors. Lock the doors. We had these manual locks and I was able to quickly lock my door but I couldn't turn around. I was too scared to turn around and lock that backseat door. I was just frozen because of this creature, we were going around 45 miles per hour because you couldn't go too fast around these curves. This creature was right next to my window running at that speed, keeping up with the car, trying to open the door. He couldn't open the door. Finally, 
that road straightened out. We were able to accelerate and were able to lose him then. When we accelerated, we just tore out of there. We were both so frightened. It was like a nightmare. Something I'll never forget. When we got home, I was sharing that story with my family and my sister was like, it's a Bigfoot. It's a Bigfoot. I never even thought of a Bigfoot. I just thought, what is this thing? It just came out of the woods and started racing after the car. The witness was later asked if she saw the creature's face. She stated, I was too afraid when we first approached and came in contact with the creature. When the car slowed down on the curb right next to it, when it was standing there, it was eye to eye. After that, it was just a race to get out of there and I was too scared, I couldn't even lock that back door. It was right next to the car, running a couple of feet from the car trying to get to the door handle and my boyfriend said, we gotta get out of here, this is horrible. You never think you're going to see something like that in this area at night. I live on Long Island. The beach I go to has a jetty of just huge boulders. When I was about 10, and my younger sister was 8, we found an opening towards the front that was just big enough to submit the passage of a small body. We crawled through, the water up to our knees. Looking back, this was an incredibly stupid thing to do, the tide could have come in at any moment, and we were underneath giant rocks. However, I digress. The jetty wasn't wide, maybe about 12 feet from one side to the other. After we had been crawling for about 7 feet, we came to a bit of a sandy hill. It was absolutely covered in dead animals. Mice, rats, birds, you name it. They were skinned. Who put them there? They weren't animals you'd typically find at the beach. And were they replenishing them? High tide would certainly reach that place, sweeping them all away. We pretty much rapid speed army crawled our way back out. Didn't attempt to explore again. My daughter and I were hiking behind Shaver Lake, California in Fresno County. We kept hearing strange whooping sounds that were all around us. Sometimes far away. Others are very near. We also could smell something bad from time to time. We came up on a pretty meadow where the odor was exceptionally bad. We took a shortcut through an area that had just been cut. The ground was bare earth. I was keeping my eye on the ground because I like to watch for animal tracks. It's a habit of mine. I saw a huge footprint. I even have a picture of it somewhere. With a smashed spider in the print that it stepped on. I noticed there were more. I actually followed them up the side of a hill thinking it had to be bare prints. But each and every print was shaped like a human foot. Not a paw. At one point the prints were sideways as if looking back down the hill. My daughter pointed out that whatever it is, I'm following it and might be up at the top watching me. So I ran back down to where my daughter was waiting. There was a stand of trees right on the edge of the meadow where we followed the odor. In the middle of the close circle of trees was a huge mound of scat. Now I'm not talking about bears or mountain lions. I know what they look like. This was piled at least one foot high. And had the look of a very huge human feces. But smelled horrible. This spooked us because we were thinking whatever made that is huge and could still be close by. 
Because it looked fresh. All the way back off that trail we were followed by that whooping sound. I'm getting goosebumps just telling this. So, that's it. Now we are too scared to go hiking back there without any men with us. I absolutely believe there is a Bigfoot. I've told this before. On a camping trip about a year ago I woke up to a howl in the middle of the night, deep in the distance so it had an echo to it. Now this is Pennsylvania, Cook Forest to be exact. I've spent a lot of time alone in the woods as a hunter, camper, hiker, and I never heard anything like this. The only thing I can attribute it to was the sound you would think a monkey howling in the jungle would sound like. We were camping near a place that had pet deer but I know what deer sound like. This noise scared me. Three months babysitting in mansion in the middle of nowhere in renovation. I was there to keep urban explorers out the building and others. It was far removed from any kind of civilized world. The nearest small village and gas station was approximately 80 kilometers, 50-ish miles, away. First six weeks was fine, I was kinda bored and felt lonely at times. But, I could always find things to do and or went exploring the surroundings myself. Week 8, was when I noticed some small mental changes, I had conversations with myself. Week 9 to 10 I began seeing things in the distance. I was sure a person was observing me from the tree line. It creeped me out I maneuvered around the house trying to sneak up the intruder and confront him. Turns out it was just a bush moving due to the wind. The weeks after I became a bit unpredictable, a roller coaster. Still haven't seen a single person. No phone line, no television. No human voices. I could go from euphoric to depression within an hour and visa versa. My behavior became stranger, I had trouble falling asleep. Found myself walking around drunk middle of the night's trough the woods. Yelling and singing. Would you please shut the F up? We're trying to sleep here. I people? Here? Where? I located their camp. Didn't approach just yet, since. They wanted to sleep they made that perfectly clear. I only slept that night for three hours, I was so excited to have some human contact again. Six in the morning, it was getting light again and I jumped out of bed, went to their location. They were awake and I greeted them, went in for a talk. Surely they thought I was a bit weird, but it was just because I really missed human contact for ten weeks now. I couldn't care less who it was. Just someone to talk to that made all the difference. Week 12. I finally went home. I would never do such a thing again. Thought ooh well easy money, don't have to do shit. Just babysit this luxury mansion and renovations well. It wasn't so easy after all. It's mentally rather heavy. I, 17 female, had a creepy encounter the night I'm writing this. My parents opened up a haunted house in my dad's shop and we had a few actors. Names were obviously changed to their role, the actors were me, my dad, my mom, my sister, bear, ghost face, cheerleader, alien, prisoner, doll, and skeleton. I know it's a lot. Let me explain how the setup was. The shop has a store in the front, 
A gym in the middle, storage in the back. Dad would lead the patron into the storefront and ring the bell to let us know to get ready, then the patron would pass bear and ghost face, then they would get jump scared by cheerleader, me, and prisoner and then pass through the rest. Alien would follow them. Simple. So when we were near the end of our time dad let in a guy. You know like normal. I don't want to profile him but he seemed to be of Arabic descent or Muslim because he seemed to be wearing his clothes. He shall be known as creepy guy. I think now I should mention most of us are minors. Sister, bear, ghost face, and skeleton are middle schoolers and cheerleader, alien and I are high schoolers. Creepy guy touched bear's shoulder and almost pull a knife on bear and ghost face. After he passed them he didn't notice cheerleader but grabbed alien and scratched his arm. After that he stared at prisoner and ignored me. He then started speaking in a different language, it sounded like chanting but I don't know, towards skeleton, doll, and sister. Mom then ran him off. We were on edge for the rest of the night. I have three theories. Theory 1. He was a druggie, commonplace in my town. Theory 2. He was a really religious man praying over us. Theory 3. He was cursing us. I'm leaning towards 2 but it was still creepy. I used to work at a small startup that had a small warehouse in the city. I enjoyed it because it had great benefits, perks, and a pretty easy commute. I just walked a few blocks to the metro line in our city. Usually I worked the day shift so my walk to the station wasn't too bad. I just encountered normal city life. On the occasional time I worked into the night I usually walked with some co-workers I knew or my then boyfriend would pick me up. If I had to make the walk by myself I'd wear giant headphones to deter cat calls and other annoyances. I had a doctor's appointment that morning and was allowed to make up my shift by staying after the day shift crew left. However, I finished my shift before the rest of the evening crew which meant I made the walk by myself that day. It was already dark and the street was pretty much deserted. Except for this one really tall burly dude walking just ahead of me yelling into his phone. I had my headphones on but nothing playing because I wanted to be aware of my surroundings. Big burly guy sounded angry and didn't turn back to look at me until after he yelled into the phone. I did my part and now it's up to you to get rid of the body. I don't care what you do just make it disappear. Then he turned around and stopped walking looking at me surprised. I quickly stopped to not run into him and give an awkward grimace or smile acting like I hadn't just heard him say that because I was listening to music. At the next crosswalk I quickly crossed the street. He just stared standing in place until I was a block away and then turned the corner and disappeared. I don't know if this guy actually knew I was behind him and said that to scare me cause he thought I was listening into his conversation, I hope, or he was up to no good. But that was super creepy. Never walked to the metro when it was dark after that by myself. Either had a ride a buddy to walk with. One late night around 3am I was sitting at my home on PC watching movies playing games, etc., when I noticed him out of cigarettes, the only thing that works late at night is our local gas station not too far from my home but still it's easier to go with car. 
I took my car keys and locked my house and I went to gas station. I live in small European country which is the most safe country on planet. Still that doesn't mean that some bad things don't happen here and there. When you exit from a suburban area where I live you need take right so you can take main road. After Thai you just go straight for about half kilometer and then go left for another half kilometer to get to gas station. On halfway I noticed some girl on sidewalk. I usually drive slower at night cause at that time a lot of people would speed and go on red during the night time, walking faster than usual. It looked like she panicked and I noticed two guys behind her who were like 10 feet away. Ab less, pointing at her and do some hand gestures towards her, they gave me a really creepy vibe. As I was yating close to girl I noticed she had scary face on like she was about to cry but didn't cry, so I pulled over close to her and said very quietly are you in trouble? And she just looked at me and noted with head nodding, I told her to get in car, and she did. I told her I'm going to gas station to get some cigarettes but I will take her home as soon as I finish buying cigarettes, she thanked me for like hundred times, I asked if she want to go to report it to police but she said only to take her home, I went to gas station and bought me a cigarettes and bottle of water for her, she was clearly in fear, I took her home after that. We passed the same street where those two guys followed her, but those guys are never to be seen. Imagine if I didn't run out of cigarettes that night. When I was a kid probably around 12 to 13 my mom moved out to this farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Like, we couldn't get internet middle of nowhere. It was a property with 13 acres, a dilapidated barn and horse corral that had overgrown weeds, and of course the main farmhouse. At night there was no lights other than the one in the front yard to show that our electric was working. My room had a window that faced the horse corral. One night I woke up in the middle of the night, it was a full moon, I looked out my window and beside one of the fence posts of the corral there was a girl standing there. She was wearing a nightgown and rubber boots, she was facing my window. From there things got worse. The TV we had in our basement would turn on and off randomly. My mom would hear an old radio playing in the middle of the night. My stepmom would go out to the barn to smoke. One time she was in there she heard a girl say her name. She thought it was me but at that time I was at my dad's house in the city. When I would wake up in the middle of the night to pee, or to get water I would feel like someone was watching me. If I looked into our living room it felt like someone was watching me through the window. One day my stepmom and I were walking down the hallway. And we both saw a nightgown go into the bathroom, no one was in there when we checked. This all came to a head when one night, I woke up randomly again in the middle of the night. I used to keep my room door open and it would look out to the hallway of our house. I was laying in bed unable to fall back asleep, when as clear as day I heard a girl whisper my name. At first I thought it was a noise my sheets made when I moved, I tried recreating the noise but it didn't work. Then I looked out into the hallway, and standing in my doorway was a dark figure of a girl wearing a nightgown. I stared at it unable to move, I turned on my bedside lamp and no one was there. It looked everything in my body to run down the hallway into my mom's room where I slept for the night. For unrelated reasons we moved out of the house shortly after.
With spooky season upon us, I decided to share a true story that happened to my mom. This is mostly anecdotal, so I will try to explain what my mom told me. When I was a teenager, my mom was a kitchen worker at a local junior high school. The school was pretty old and had many legends about deaths through the years. When she started there, the other workers would tell her stories about the school being haunted. She wasn't a believer until she encountered the most terrifying experience that shook her. The lunch period was over, they were all sitting at one of the tables having their lunch before cleaning up. Next to the main serving station was the storage closest. Inside was the cleaning supplies and it had its own spray hose to clean the floors. As they were eating their lunch, they heard the hose in the closet turn on. They quickly ran to the closet to shut it off. When they opened the door, the hose was turned on full blast and it was whipping around like crazy. One of the ladies stepped in to grab the hose. Once she stepped forward, the hose dropped in mid-air, turned directly towards her, and shot straight for her head. She quickly slammed the door before it hit her. They ran out so fast, completely terrified without shutting the hose off. She was crying when she got home she was so terrified. I went there myself after to explore and also had terrifying experiences with music coming over the PA system with the school empty. There are a lot more stories to share from that school. It has since been torn down and the school was rebuilt. I always wonder if that got rid of whatever was there, or if that school is still haunted to this day. My wife and I had an experience yesterday and I'd never have believed in the paranormal until now. I believe there was some sort of afterlife, but after this event, I'm a billion percent certain now. Our beloved dog princess, our baby, passed away in January, a little before her 12th birthday. We both brought her up yesterday in conversation and it brought tears to our eyes because of how deeply we love and miss her. Sometimes I feel like I hear the taps of her paws on the wooden floors, and I still get the feeling to look down to not trip over her when I walk around the house, and it makes me sad, but brings me comfort at the same time because it feels like she's still with us. I left the room and apparently my wife asked our puppy to give us a sign to tell us that she's okay. I didn't know she did this until after the events happened. Well a few hours later, we were watching TV and I turned to the left to take my medicine and I saw a small, BB-sized orb of light, covered in white hairs, similar to a dandelion if the seed stems were white too. It appeared right in my vision about two feet away and flew about a foot in one second, away from me, and vanished. I waved it off as a mosquito, because it's been really bad here lately and why the hell would I just assume I saw an orb anyways? I've been open to ghosts and UFOs in the past, but have never seen any, so I don't quite believe yet and assumed it to be a natural explanation. An hour later, I brought some food back home and as I sat down, it reappeared about a foot in the front or left of me and I saw it immediately and I saw every detail, each individual hair down to the little glowing, white, spherical core. It traveled to the right about a foot until it was six inches in front of my chest when it vanished into thin air. My first thought was that it was a fuzz, but a fuzz doesn't fly against the wind current of our AC. A fuzz also doesn't have a glowing white, spherical core. It finally clicked in my dumb, 
scientific skeptic brain and I gasped and exclaimed, Babe, I just saw an orb. She turned to look at me with shock and said you saw an orb too? I just saw one, she said it was white with a blue hue, similar in size to the one I saw, in the corner up there on the ceiling. It was there for one second and then it vanished. She questioned if it could have been a reflection but thought it wasn't possible at that spot away from the window with the black blinds closed. It was then that she told me that she asked our puppy to give us a sign that she's okay a few hours before and we both realized that it must be our little pupper's spirit. I am so skeptical that she had to appear twice. I understand that you'd have to see it to believe it, because that's the kind of person I am, but I was able to see the orb about 6 inches from my face. And it was so bizarre because it looked realer than real as it was three-dimensional and traveled a good distance as I locked my eyes onto it. I felt as if I could have grabbed it out of the air, but was absolutely gobsmacked and in shock. Anyway, it brought both excitement and peace in knowing that the afterlife is an absolute reality to me now and that supernatural things are real and can happen. I hope other people can experience it because the videos all feel fake and it brought tears of joy to our eyes.